Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Entrepreneur Conundrum podcast. My name is Virginia Purnell, and today we have back with us Jody Chafee and how she helps families live more intentionally by creating systems and strategies for a thriving culture. Jody is a seasoned podcaster, homeschool mom, and family culture expert. She has hosted Our Modern Heritage, the Home and Family Culture podcast for three years and recently released her 100th episode. During this time, she has interviewed dozens of experts from Paralympic athletes to entrepreneurs and authors. For more than three years, Jody studied business culture and looked for ways to apply it to families. This resulted in a powerful framework for hacking successful cultures and applying it to families who want to live in intentionally and question the status quo. She has been featured on several podcasts, presented at homeschool conferences, and is a published author in a digital magazine. Welcome, Jody. Thank you, Virginia. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Thanks. I'm glad to have you back. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, like you mentioned, I have my podcast and I have to mention again that I'm relaunching as the, the family culture movement and uh, in the hopes to present the, the podcast is with a more concise objective about, you know, this movement that I want to create around family culture and the importance of having a thriving culture based around trust and constructive coping strategies and systems and strategies for tackling problems before they even happen in your families. So that's my, been a, my obsession for more than three years. And I, I can, I have developed frameworks and systems to help families to cultivate their family culture. And so that's been my obsession. Um, besides my own family, our own family culture journey <laughs> that I've been on, it really was, um, sparked by the conflicts and questions that I had in my own little family as we were going through our own journey and following the path, the quote unquote success path of going to school and getting a job and, you know, those kinds of things. And that path kind of like dead ended for us. And I did what I didn't realize was that subconsciously, we felt like that was the only path that we could follow because that's what we'd always been taught growing up. And when that, fat, when that path ended for us and we didn't know what to do, that was where I was like, wait, what do we do? <laughs> and how do I raise my kids in a way that they will be successful, even if they don't follow that path? And so that's where this whole exploration of family culture came from, was how I could educate my children, raise my kids to be more intentional about their future and how my husband, Michael, and I could also change our status quo from, okay, we're supposed to just follow this path like robots to, no, we want to live a path that's off the beaten path for us and do things that are going to help our family to thrive and be successful, even if we don't necessarily follow the status quo. And so that's where it all spurred from. And since then, my husband has quit his job and we're working on building our business. And we actually moved in with my parents. So we're kind of doing a blended family type of thing. <laughs> and, um, and so it's been a really interesting journey, but one where I've learned a ton and have really been able to develop these systems that have allowed our family to get to a place where our, our kids, you know, we're not perfect, but they're, they're really, um, growing and progressing and my husband and I are really changing our our trajectory of where we're going with our our careers and our happiness and we've been able to 
make the transition to living with my parents and actually be okay with it. <laughs> and because I know that can be scary, but we're really supporting each other in our respective life, you know, situations. And, and uh, so, yeah, so that's been um, our journey and it's something that we're um, learning a lot and growing a lot and it's been interesting and fun. <laughs> <laughs> You're just mixing up the culture a bit, aren't you? Exactly. Exactly. It's <laughs> trying to learn all spectrums of this whole thing. <laughs> what is the best advice you've ever received? Hmm. Okay. That's a good one. So the, one of the first, the thing that first pops into my mind was when I first learned about what family culture was, um, I was actually a missionary for my church and I was assigned to serve in Hawaii. And that's a place where there's a lot of diversity, a lot of different cultures. And I had this experience where I went into a home of a newly married couple and they were from different countries and they were really, really butting heads with each other. And some of it had to do with some advice that they'd received that they, that interracial marriages were doomed to fail. <laughs> and so they were really upset about that. And they were upset about their cultural differences, kind of like they were almost believing that advice. And it really upset me because I just thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do when I get married? If I marry somebody from a different country or, you know, wait a minute, if I marry somebody from a different family, which is obviously is going to happen, but it was like, we're going to have different cultures. We're going to have a different, you know, heritage and backgrounds. And so I went to somebody that I felt like would have the best advice. And he was a, a senior missionary who was like a retired gentleman. And he and his wife were from different countries. He was from Polynesia and she was from America. And they'd obviously been making it work for decades, you know. And, and so, you know, I liked to go to him to advice, for advice a lot while I was a missionary because he was great. He was really wise and really cool. And I told him the story, the situation, and I said, how do you do it? How do you make it work? And he said, and he, you know, he had this deep, gravelly, thick accent with his Polynesian accent. And he slashed his hand through the air. He's like, you forget about where you come from. And you adopt the church culture as your new culture. And I've since translated that to mean like you, you come together and agree on what your new culture is. You got to forget about where you come from. And you have to agree on what your new culture is going to be. And so that really started my journey of exploring family culture and why it's such an important aspect of, of our families that we can't just continue to expect that how our parents did things, it's always going to work for our new, our families. You know, we can't, if, especially if our parents and our grandparents had dysfunctional patterns, you know, we can't continue those dysfunctional patterns in our families in order, if we're going to be able to thrive. And so that advice has always stuck with me. You know, he also, you know, shared advice, like, you know, when I was ready to go home for my mission and he's like, you're not, you know, the, you're writing your, the book of your life and the next page is blank. <laughs> you know, you're going to write your own story. And that was something that has always stuck with me also that, you know, those, those two things, like always remember that you don't have to hold on to the previous chapter, whether it's in your family history or your personal life, you can turn the page and start over with a clean slate and move forward and write the chapters of your life. I like that because it's, we can apply that to tomorrow too. Yeah. Right. Like we can start over tomorrow or we can redo tomorrow. Or we can do better Even tomorrow. Today. 
even yeah. the rest of the day, you know, it's like today didn't go very well, which, you know, I've experienced that plenty <laughs> where yeah. a lot of times I would beat myself up if the morning routine didn't go the way that I wanted it to. And then the rest of the day I was like, oh, it's ruined, you know, but then my husband would be like, stop that. Like, okay, so what? Start from right now. Oh, thank you. Thanks for reminding me. I, I needed that <laughs> reminder. <laughs> a little bit of grace to, to start over from right now. <laughs> yeah. It's one thing I don't like about New Year's resolutions. I'm like, why should I wait six months yeah. before I correct it? Yep. So I'll start right now. How do you define family culture? Like what's that definition for you? So your family culture, it's every, every family has a culture, whether by default or by design. And most of us are going by default because we just kind of pick up the, the norms the traditions, the customs that we're used to because we're so used to them. It's like this joke of, you know, two fish swimming in the water, another one swims by is like, hey, how's the water? And they were like, pause and go, wait a second, what's water? <laughs> and so that's kind of like our family culture. We don't always question how things are done just because that's how it's always been done. And and so I like to compare family culture to like being on a road trip and you, you know, everybody piles up into this vehicle. And okay, what does the vehicle look like? Does it serve our family? If, you know, dad's a sports car guy and everybody else is like, but that doesn't fit all of us. <laughs> okay, maybe he needs to compromise and get an SUV. You know, it's like, that's how our family culture starts out. We got to figure out what is going to fit our family. And then you go from there going, wait, all right, so do we just put this thing in cruise control and just see where it goes? We set up on the top of a hill and put it on neutral and see what happens, you know, or flip a coin at every intersection or whatever it is. But so many of us do that. Wherever there's a conflict, we kind of like flip a coin and go, okay, how do we deal with this thing? You know, and how do we, how do we respond or react or, you know, how do we, uh, most of us are just kind of like, this is a new crisis. And I don't know what to do. And, but as with a family culture that's intentional and, and one that we can design, we anticipate those kinds of problems by knowing where we're going and how to get there and why, you know? So I teach about having a mission, having a vision for your family and having your core values that is like a compass for your family. All of those things have like a, an analogy that I use with the, the road trip thing because your mission is your destination. Where are you going? You know, what do you want to end up looking like if you know or you say that destination today every day like we are a truly authentic charismatic and you know excellent family like that's the destination the the vision is kind of like your gps where it's like okay we know where we're going and so you get in the car and you start going and you're like yeah i think we're, i think i know where we're going and then you get a few miles into the trip and you're like i think we're lost <laughs> And so you got to bust out your GPS and figure out where you are on this global positioning system so that you can see, oh, that's where we are and that's where we're going. And now I can see how we're going to get there. That's your vision. So if you have a vision of, of why you want to get there and how to get there, then your family starts to work towards that vision that you've cultivated together. And then your, like I said, your core values like a compass. So always help you to point your to, your to your true north. So then when issues arise, you go, well, how can we respond to this that's in alignment with our core values? So we're always pointed to our true north. 
And then you also have your family policies. Some people call them like rules, but it's also a policy is also more like how you respond to different things. And I kind of compare those to like road signs along the trip, you know? So it's like, you know, like what direction you're headed, if you're going in the right direction, if the sign says, you know, this is the freeway that you're on or stop signs or <laughs> one way street sign, you know, things like that. Those are your policies. So like if your family has a policy around or a core value around safety, then you have a policy that everybody wears their helmets when they ride their bikes, you know? So your policies and your values will always coincide. And then they always coincide with your vision and mission for your family. And along the journey, you also need to have maintenance strategies, like a vehicle, like an actual car. It needs fuel. It needs a tire rotation and oil change and all those kinds of things. Well, you can't, always expect that when you set up your mission and your vision and your values for your family, that there's never going to be like roadblocks or detours or times when you need to step back and reevaluate or figure out like, are these things still true to who we are right now? If we like right now during, uh, you know, the pandemic that's been going on, right? I don't know when you're going to air this episode, but we're all still feeling the effects of you know, this whole shutdown around COVID-19. Well, we can't always respond to the same way as we would when we're not in crisis. When we're in a crisis, if your child gets diagnosed with something, it has to be in the hospital. If mom gets really sick or mom's pregnant or you know, different things, if dad gets laid off from his job or you know, these different situations, you got to know what is going to serve your family in that time and, and establishing your family culture and then knowing how to respond to those different situations with grace and with, um, you know, with being able to talk about those things and having systems in place so that you can complete, continually check in with your family to make sure you're still going in the right direction or, or maybe taking a detour or, you know, whatever it is your family needs. and then the fuel of your vehicle is trust. So if you don't have trust in your family culture, then you're not going to go anywhere. And so all of those things come together to form your family culture so that you can, you can thrive and you can anticipate issues and problems and you can be prepared to not react, but be proactive in the situations that arise for your family. Thank you. When you were talking, one of the things that I was thinking of was like communication right? Mm -hmm. Like you need to communicate with each other, like see how they're doing or because you can't pivot or adjust or change anything if, if you don't know about it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, and if you decide, well, I want to pivot, but then the rest of the family doesn't know about it or they don't, you know, if they don't get on board with it or don't understand it, then that can create conflict as well. So yeah, it's really important to implement like family meetings or, you know, taking time to, to just have those kinds of communication touch points so that your family is always on the same page with where you're going. Speaking of pivoting, what's the, what are some of your big goals that you're looking to achieve or at least one big goal in the next one to two years? <laughs> well, I, I want to serve, I want to serve a thousand families in family culture, have an intentional family culture. I mean, this family culture movement idea, it's really about helping families to have that intentionality so that they can be proactive about any crises that arise in their families or, or even just preparing themselves so that they can achieve that mission that they have for their family. And, and even if it doesn't always play out the way that they envision, having, having a vision 
is 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 having hope that even if that there is a way to achieve that destination even if it always isn't perfect you know and i want to be able to serve families that so that they can be happy i mean i just feel like we've our culture at large our society is like trying to break away or distance from this importance of the family and and it's deteriorating our whole psyche. It's de deteriorating our morals. It's deteriorating, you know, the this our education system. It's everything about it is deteriorating because families are not the center of the development of our children and of adults, even, you know. And so I really want to create this movement that brings families back to the center of the change that needs to happen in our society so that we can all thrive together as a society you know mother Teresa has this quote that if you want to change the world go home and love your family and i 100 percent believe that like if you want to impact the world and and somebody i don't know who said this quote but it's like the hand that rocks the cradle is the one that will change the world right i i want to say it was like barbara bush or something anyways um but it's it's true it's true and and it's not that has more than it's not just about like mothers it's about and I mean, mothers are super important and they're powerful. It's about, but it's about all of us, all the family. We need to all get on board with how important every member of the family is to having this thriving culture, to yeah, check yeah. in with our kids and make sure that they're on the right path or, you know, quote unquote, right path for them, right? The one that, that is going to help them to achieve their individual personal mission and become the best version of themselves. And families are the epicenter of creating that change and that source of strength for everybody in our society. Yeah, each person in the family unit or the family culture plays an important role, regardless yeah. of how little they are or how little yeah. they're around. Yeah, well, that's one of the things that is part of this whole strategy is that there's always a culture leader in your family, just like there's always a driver in your car, right? And sometimes though, it becomes the culture leader in our home is that tantruming toddler and everybody like throws out their arms going, oh my goodness, what are we gonna do with this tantruming toddler? And they are like the culture leader, but it's up to us as parents to step back and get into that driver's seat and go, you know what? Our toddler is, is tantruming, but it probably just means that they need something. And I'm going to take charge of the culture and the feeling in our home by showing them love and compassion and connecting with them to give them what they need. You know, so it's really about who in your family is going to take the lead to make sure that the culture and the feeling, the environment in your home is still aligning with your mission, vision and values. You know, so it's like, OK, who's at the wheel right now? that hormonal teenager or, <laughs> you know, okay. Or maybe it's not the hormonal teen teenager. It's the teenager that reminds you, mom, you're being kind of hormonal, <laughs> you know, and says, I think we need to bring it back. Okay. Thank you. Whew, thank you so much. You know, it, it just depends. I hope ideally everyone in your family is a culture leader in a positive way. And so if everybody, if you have that communication systems in place, then, you know, and everybody's on board, they recognize, ah, you know, I think that it looks like the dishes need to be done and looks like mom's really busy with the baby. So I'm going to do the dishes. You know, it's everybody hopefully taking on that role of being a culture leader and recognizing when needs need to be met and just doing it. What's your number one roadblock that's 
stopped you from achieving that goal of reaching the thousand families? Um, well, I haven't really, I've struggled with my clarity <laughs> up to this point. You know, it's something that actually, you know, I, and that's another reason why I'm working on my uh, relaunch <laughs> of my podcast is because I really, I want to convey that clarity of, of what I'm, I'm trying to accomplish, you know, that this idea of the family culture movement um, is just more clear. And I'm going to clarify the description and the trailer, you know, all those kinds of different things that go into relaunching the podcast. And, um, and also uh, I've, I've struggled with clarity of what, what exactly my product is. Um, I'm being in the relationship market too. It's a little bit more challenging than being in like the wealth market or even the health market where, you know, that people, will buy dozens of programs to help their business. They see it more as an investment because they can see the tangible monetary results that come from investing in that thing. Or in the health market, they can see the tangible results of you know pounds dropping or things like that or getting stronger or whatever. But in the relationship market, it's, um, it requires a lot more trust in order to get people to invest in that aspect of their lives because a lot of times too people don't necessarily like to be told that um they're they're not getting something right <laughs> or that you know they don't necessarily like to be told that um that something is wrong with them or anything like that and that's not my goal either i don't want to be like hey you're doing this thing wrong i just want to be like hey there's a better way you know to to raise your families and um so but it takes some it takes more effort on the on the back end of creating a business or on the relationship market to build and cultivate that trust so that people know that I'm not here to I'm not here to like destroy your family or I'm not, and I'm not here to you know make you feel bad I really am here just to to help you to grow and um and that this is an investment in yourself and in your family and and it's necessary that I think that parents especially you know, helping them to recognize that investing in themselves and in their children is going to bring not just happiness for their families, but it's going to bleed out into their business and their health and in everything that, that you do. So, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Like, it's not like we're in compartmentalized yeah. little, little areas, right? Like, it's not like work is one compartment, life is one compartment, or family is one yeah. compartment, kids. Like, we're all as much as we might not want it to be, we're all just muddled together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the principles that I teach, I, they actually, I've taught these principles in a business setting, in a podcasting setting, <laughs> you know, having clarity of the culture that you're trying to create inside of your business or around the message that you're creating your brand, you know, it all translates actually because, uh, you know, your, your family also has its own brand that if you cultivate these things, then it's like, oh, when I go to the Purnell's house, I know exactly what I'm going to find there. I'm going to find happy kids and blah, 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 you know, whatever. Like people come to know your family brand because you're cultivating those things. And it's the same. It all translates over to if you were to apply these principles to your business, then people go, oh, I know exactly what to expect from the entrepreneur conundrum because that's, that's what she's created intentionally in this program. And so people come to know what to expect. That's your brand. I like it. I never thought about thinking of my family as a brand before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you doing to get visible and stand out online? Um, 
so most of it has to do with my podcast and I'm working on revamping the way that I publicize the podcast um, because I think that um, publishing there's, you know, there's thousands of podcasts out there, right? Like how is anybody going to see that message? But I'm working on um, having more intentionality around how I publicize the podcast and work with my guests so that they are willing to publish more and publicize their interviews more and uh, get give them more benefit out of having uh, exposure through my podcast and um, and so that's that's been that's part of it I have a, I have a strategy that I'm working on around how to get more visibility through social media and public you know publicity and graphics and I mean there's so many um, opportunities in social media right now to all the different kinds of graphics you can make you can do videos with with uh, text on top of it you know all this kind of stuff now within with uh, canva and i'm like i love exploring all that kind of stuff <laughs> so it's been fun to figure out like the strategy to get more um um consistent in my posting uh because that's that's really powerful way to work on you know algorithms and exposures and all that kind of stuff is having good uh social media posts that people will will see and interact with so that's my biggest and then also having a really clear call to action when i publish um so right now i'm kind of focusing on my facebook group to get people inside of the group so we can have discussions and and i can do more like um, teaching and getting to know each other and supporting each other on our respective family culture journeys and things like that. So having clarity on the one thing that I want to send people to is also helpful um, because that's, you know, then there's not like, wait, should I go to Instagram? Oh, should I go to Facebook? Should I go? Oh, should I go to our website? Should I? So that's something that, you know, having a cl having clarity also helps with visibility because then people know, oh, there's just, oh, there's one place that I can set that I go to find Jody and family culture and um, having that clarity and, and also working on, on building my product. Um, because when you have a product and you have not only when you get social proof of people purchasing that product that people see, Oh, there's a value in that product, but also just having a product that you can, that others can see people are valuing that in and of itself is perceived value. I think sometimes it's really scary to want to like sell to people or to have an, an offer and to ask for payment because we think, Oh no, Oh no, I'm going to, oh, I'm asking them for money and, and people get, you know, turned off by that. But the people who really want to make a transformation with their life, they are willing to invest in something that is going to give them that clear transformation. You know, it's more than just uh, dabbling in the content that's out there. When you have a product that you can prove gives them that transformation, that in and of itself is perceived value that people are willing, oh, so-and-so, all these people have invested in this program. It must be worth it. And so that right there is perceived value that is going to help spread your message so that people can see, oh, not only is Virginia publishing a podcast, when she has a product, people go, oh, she's doing more than just publishing. She has a product that's serving people and bringing us value so that we can make a transformation and serve her in our lives. So, and then, you know, 
there's also perceived value in how much you're charging for that product because sometimes if if it's something that's cheap, people go, you know, you might get a lot of sales out of it, but you not, might not get a lot of engagement. It might not produce that transformation that you want to help people to achieve. And because, especially because sometimes when people don't pay a lot for something, they go, eh, I don't need it. <laughs> or they just kind of brush it off and they don't revisit it, you know? Myth. But when bucks. they have to pay more. Change. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, I've, I've even paid 30 bucks for a little course and I went through the first few modules and I was like, I kind of already know this stuff and I just set it on the back burner, you know? And so the more you charge for something, the more they have to invest, not just in their money, but also in their time to say, well, I just, this has to be a valuable thing because I just spent a ton of money on it. <laughs> and so they're going to get more out of it. And you can, you can also invest more into it yourself as the creator because you know, you're not going, Oh, I'm doing all this work for pennies on the dime. You know, it's like, that's that you, it's harder to produce that when you can't, you know, you can't, it's not sustainable for your family. So that's my strategy is about visibility on a more in depth, <laughs> you know, it's getting out there and publishing consistently and having quality, quality products that bring that value and serve and have that perceived value that you are creating transformation for people that you serve. Awesome. Thank you so much for those words of wisdom. How can people find out more about you and what you do? So you can come find my podcast after uh, this week. It's going to be called the, the Family Culture Movement. And, um, and I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com slash family culture podcast. And you can find my profile also family culture or excuse me, facebook.com slash Jody Chafee. <laughs> And my Facebook group is called the Family Culture Hackers. Awesome. Um, thanks again, Jody, for sharing with us. And thank you yeah. to each of you for joining us on this amazing interview. I am Virginia Purnell, and thanks for joining us on the Entrepreneur Conundrum Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review. And I'll catch you on the next episode.